Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast. As a separate endeavor from Forbes, Seaver and Wallace, our goal with this platform is to connect all aspects of the food service industry through thoughtful, fun, and interesting conversations with people throughout the industry. While understanding the sensitive nature of our competitive industry, we are grateful for the opportunity to interview guests that are current and future customers of ours, as well as specialists in industry segments that we ourselves are just learning about. If you think you or someone you know would be an energetic and entertaining guest, or if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, please leave a comment or reach out to us directly. Our emails are in our bio. Thank you again for choosing to listen, and remember to sit back, relax, and click play. Today's guest is Kim Ziarko, the Assistant Child Nutrition Director of New Caney ISD. Kim is a graduate of Purdue University and has a master's degree in food service administration from Texas Women's University. She spent four years in the child nutrition department of Spring ISD before moving to New Caney. We really dig into some of the specifics of menu planning for student nutrition and where the future of school nutrition is headed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Justin. And I'm Carrie. And we are joined today by Kim Ziarko of New Caney ISD. She's the assistant director. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. So one of the things that we wanted to uh, talk with you about was, since you work at a school district, was sort of everything that goes into menu planning and um, developing menu and procurement and all that sort of stuff. And it's such a huge job and an undertaking um, that assistant director and a director and dietitians and chefs and all that have. So before we get started into that, since you're in this field, could you maybe kind of just walk us through how and why you decided to go in this line of work? Yes. Um, it started from when I was growing up. I literally, from the minute that I could uh, stand on a little bar stool up by the kitchen, I was in there with my mom. I always would help with cooking food or making a mess just I was I was always intrigued on what was going on so um I think having that home front with always having a home-cooked meal uh, all of our conversations started around the kitchen and um when I was getting ready to apply for colleges I was like I want to be involved in food I want to be around nutrition and so I went with this nutrition background um as I was trying to pay bills in college I would be in restaurants I was working um, at a pizza place or pizza place or making salads. So it was more of a food was still always, well, always there and a part of me. Uh, it didn't come until my internship with my master's program in food service that, um, I, I got accepted to food service for, um, the school district. And I, I was pretty, uh, interested because I did not know that that even existed. I didn't know that they yeah. had menu planners or people that plan had menu, you know, like that actually had a job on what you're going to be <laughs> eating. I just figured they're going to give you pizza and chicken nuggets. Yeah. That was it. Um, so when, Justin, so, yeah, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? <laughs> Let's go. There's more to it. And so, um, being in that internship really opening my, opened my eyes to how many kids actually that's their, their home cooked hot meal that yeah. they get. Um, yeah. so many of them don't see that when they go home and it hit me when I was like, they don't get to experience what I had growing up. I really like the fact that I feel this is my way to contribute to them, that I can help put effort into a, a meal where our ladies and gentlemen really appreciate what they're doing and be able to reach out and hit those kiddos. 
You mentioned that a lot of it started back when you were a kid in the kitchen. Do you, do you have some fond memories, any one or two that stick out of a really fun experience at home or a meal around the holidays or birthday or something like that? Well, one is uh, we had a garden. And so we always had fresh vegetables, this and that, growing up. Um, One day, Mom was making stuffed peppers. Um, We talked about stuffed peppers earlier. (laughs) Not in a good way, I'll tell you later. Oh, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, this this was still... um, So my mom was actually making the stuffed peppers. I ended up just grabbing a pepper, cutting it off, and just kind of sticking whatever I could in it. And it turned out to be like a floral bouquet. And it's like, I think I make more of a mess when I was younger um, the biggest thing I think our, our, our more hands-on was we would do pizza nights where oh, we would yeah. actually <laughs> make our pizza dough and then just, you know, we'd have all these crazy toppings and that was just fun to be like, this is my pizza. This is Justin's pizza. And we would share and, and comment and say, oh, mine's better than yours. And <laughs> it was just fun to kind of like see, see how crazy we could get with the same pizza aspect. That's really cool. That's really neat. That's really. Did you have a big family? No, it was just I just a younger brother. Okay, but um, it was you know we're about four and a half years apart, and uh-huh. let me tell you, we hated each other when we. Oh grew my up. gosh, I have a little sister, <laughs> two and a half years apart. We we could totally beat the you know what out of each yes, other. Yeah, that was how we were, and we would you know kind of slap one another around, yeah. and then it's like I didn't do it, mom. I didn't do it. It wasn't yes, me. I know. But um, it, I think. Get again, it, it after we kind of grew out of that phase, the kitchen was where we were able to kind of have common ground and common balance. We still kind of push and shove and be like, get out of the way. It's my turn to cook tonight. But um, it's still we have that that bond now that we uh, just it's it's inevitable. We can't. Yeah. Yeah. Food. Food bonds us. It is. It's one of the universal languages. Yeah. We were talking about some of our, our favorite food memories. Um, and I bet you get to create especially as school districts get more and more inventive in how they interact with students, you get to really impact some of the students. I know it's not going to be every student, just like a teacher doesn't get to every Mm -hmm. student, but, um, you know, that food that they have in that community, if it's positive, can really make a big difference for the, for the kiddos that are going home and, and their parents aren't able to provide Mm -hmm. nutritious food for them. So yes. that's that's cool that that really that experience just resonated with you. That I like that. Well, that's an interesting point that you said that that might be their one hot meal, and to be able to have to be in a position where you can help impact a young person's relationship with food from an early age, so they can grow up with understanding a variety of food and having the right relationship with you know what's what's good and what's flavorful and how foods cook properly. I, th- I think that's really neat. So now that now that you're in it, um, and you mentioned off air that you focus a lot on on menu planning, that's one of the yes. areas. So yes, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of the day to day that you have um, as far as your responsibilities and how much of it goes into working with the director to plan meals and what that looks like? Because I don't think a lot of people, and maybe even a lot of parents, I don't think they realize the depth that you have to go in order to create a menu that meets all the regulations and standards and requirements. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, by the way, make it taste good and keep your participation up high. Yeah. yeah so how I mentioned earlier, how you think you just throw out some pizza and chicken nuggets. Uh, we are actually right now planning for next school year. We're already thinking about what we want on our menus, what we, you know, are interested in and trying to get feedback from the kiddos. And so right now it's like you have to take into consideration already 
future. You know, you have to worry about what's going on this year, but you also have to thinking about way in advance for next year. Things that you have to worry about when you're making, uh, creating your menu is uh, each menu has, we have a dietary requirements and it really focuses on the amount of calories you have, your sodium, the fat, um, saturated fat and a trans fat. All of those are like the, the main focus on the calorie range that the kids have. Um, we have to follow these standards because it, it bases off the different age groups. So we have like your K through fifth grade for elementary, uh, sixth through eighth grade for middle school, and then ninth through 12th for your high school. So you have to stay in this kind of weighted average for each different grade group. And based off of that is where you can have your different different entrees, different meals. Uh, the weighted helps because sometimes you have to put something on the menu that not all the kids like. For an example, grapes versus raisins. Um, majority of the kids are going to take grapes over raisins. And so you can kind of weight your average more towards the grapes versus um, raisins. So so okay. kids like grapes better than raisins. I, get, I love raisins. They're like candy. I didn't know. You're not a kid. I'm not a kid. I'm kind of a kid. <laughs> So when you talked about the different balances or whatever, so different requirements, so elementary, they have different fat requirements than high school does, Mm -hmm. right? So that limits you or maybe not limits the right word, but it forces you to look at it differently as far as what you can put on the menu for a K through five versus someone in middle school or in high school. Yeah. So you can kind of be a little bit more elaborate and have more of an offering to your your high schooler kids versus your elementary. But that's, it kind of makes sense because a lot of them are very basic eaters anyways. They don't like when their spaghetti sauce sometimes touches their noodles. They want them separate. (laughs) They'll still eat it, but it can't touch. It's a weird concept. (laughs) Just something like that. Um, It's the, the craziest things that they come up with, but it's, where you just need to keep in mind of your calorie ranges and making sure that you're you're offering a great variety with staying within the guidelines. Um, I know on all of our products, the biggest part too is that we have to have nutritional labels and all of the, the, the dietary information on them. So it, it's more of you have to do some background information and make sure that however, you know, how much is going to actually make a, a, a serving of um, chicken nugget, like a for chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, certain products you can have four nuggets. Other products you can have five. So it because kinda, of the size of the chicken nuggets or yes. whatever. Okay, so like if you're buying, you know, chicken nuggets, I'm just going to try and remember the names of like uh, maybe Tyson, but then somebody else the next year or, you know, for whatever reason you have to change. So they might have one ounce sizes and somebody else has 1.25 ounce sizes. Okay. Wow. There's just, there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. Um, so for my day to day, it's pretty much, I check in on the schools to make sure that, you know, everything's running smoothly. They have everything that, that they need for that particular day. Um, a lot of the times ordering or products get forgot to get ordered or being delivered mm-hmm. you get shorted and that's where another situation comes up where you're subs a product and so you have to kind of um make sure that it it meets your certain requirements and that it's the same serving size so you're doing that on the fly on the that fly. morning you find mm-hmm. out at seven thirty. oh we didn't get our order of whatever and now you've got to get a substitute order correct but it's going to be a nutritional different nutritional it makeup be. it could be so now it could be a different quantity 
or different way that you might have to prepare it or something? Okay. So what, okay. What if we run out of whatever that, you know, we're missing it. We didn't know we missed a box. Whatever the situation is, we've run out or more kids participated than you expected them to. So we don't have any more chicken patties. What we try to tell our managers is that from the beginning of the line to the end of the line, that student needs to see the same choice. If you know you're running low or if you are you are running out of chicken patties, you need to add something else to that menu to help stretch those chicken patties. Okay. So if it's, you know, we try to keep it similar. We want it to have a somewhat of a similar product. So if you have chicken patties, put out some spicy chicken patties and okay, kind of gotcha. stretch out oh, okay. so that every That's student, yeah, every student be- will still have the same choice. And we do offer versus serve. So the kids have the option of what they take. We are not telling them this is what you need to eat. They are able to pick whatever they want from that line. Okay, so you're worrying about the nutrition of the food. And, of course, a food manufacturer that makes a change can skew everything. Yes. And if you have dietary regulations that change on you, as they do Mm -hmm. in the middle of a school year sometimes, um, things change on you. and food manufacturers haven't had a chance to catch up, then it's just all hands on deck, I guess, figuring out what are we going to do. And a lot of, yeah, buts, that's this size, Mm -hmm. or yeah, but that's this much salt, or... Yeah, so it definitely goes back to or they we need to look at our substitutions and see if this product is acceptable. If not, we got to go back to square one and maybe rethink what we're serving and even come up with something different because if if, if it's not going to be offered, it it's hard to meet those needs. And on top of that, I imagine you also have some interaction with parents. Oh, of as course. far as what's required or in balancing that as far as food allergies or... You took the words right out of my <clears throat> mouth. I was going to say the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now with parents are student allergies, where um, there are kids that are more and more are having allergies or mm-hmm. having intolerances to milk or gluten. And so for parents, it's great that we have the tools that we allow them to see what each of our menu items have Um, the allergens included in them. Sometimes if we were to change a product, they might not be aware of it. So that's why it's really important that we ask our managers even to follow the recipes. If something looks different with your product, let us know as soon as possible because this could be, you know, very life-threatening allergen to someone out there and we need to be aware of it. So parents are, you know, we have some good parents and some bad parents like anyone else. Anything else, yeah. But um, the, we, it's great when we are able to have that great interaction with the parents to say, my child cannot have uh, wheat, so, you know, like, what can we do? How can you provide that meal for my child? So we, we make a special diet for them. Manager and staff are aware of it, and they look at that, that menu and say, okay, this is what Johnny can have today, and yeah. it won't have any of that allergen. I imagine that's also challenging because now that's another product or set of products that you might have to source and procure and then also have to store them mm-hmm. and rotate them as far as expiration dates or if there's anything that's yeah. fresh you know so I imagine that's just another layer of you juggling 50 different things yes and training training our staff is the biggest thing with dealing with that as well where you need to remember cross-contamination um right. contact where if you're you're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on this cutting board, you better not make you know a ham sandwich that a kid that has a peanut allergy 
great point. Right. Um, has on that same cutting board. So it, 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 you don't think about it, especially in your own house. And so I think that's an, a thing that we got to make sure that we're, we're following directions and, and, and being aware of that while they're at work. So what I'm getting from all this is you basically have zero responsibilities and zero challenges on a daily basis, right? Yeah, I don't do anything. I question myself every day. What do I do? Lord. Candy crush. Right. So um, one of the things that we've noticed a lot with schools, uh, Carrie's in the Houston market, I'm in the Dallas market, is sort of the evolution of nutrition. And wow, things look a lot different than when we were in elementary school. I've been going through with our tray that you had shepherd's pie on and, you know, Oh my God, we had cookies like this big for, I'm not even going to tell you how much I paid for them because it sounds like my mom. We went to a movie for a nickel, but giant cookies. (laughs) Cookies. Yes. And these were yummy cookies before people cared about what they fed their kids. Those were the days. So can you talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you're doing or maybe hoping to do in the next couple of years to increase participation and sort of evolve with what the demands and the needs and requests are of nutrition and sort of offering different options, that kind of thing? So currently right now we're dealing with a lot of the products have to be whole grain rich. Um, the so, There's certain sodium levels and right now we're only offering uh, white low fat milk. Uh, recently there's been a couple of conversations going on where we're going to add a little bit of flexibility to that. So they're going to allow flavored low fat milk now back in the schools. Uh, all grain is only has to be half whole grain. So we can get rid of exemption waivers where we can bring back actual, um, white flour products. And then with sodium, they wanted to keep cutting the sodium levels, but they're realizing you really, when you take sodium out of food, your quality and the product goes down really bad and it doesn't taste very well. So we're we're able to still stay at that target one level so we don't have to um, change the sodium intake at, at the moment right now. So that opens up for us is that we're still able to add cheese sauce to our broccoli and... Um, bring in some of the more similar common items that they see on a regular basis versus just at school with whole grain items. That's awesome. Okay, you said something, Target One, and I know when I have conversations with other food service professionals in serving student nutrition, you have a lot of acronyms and a lot of terms that don't show up in everyday language, like Target One, Offer to Serve. Um, can, you, can you just kind of share some of those, like a little glossary I thought Target thing? One was a new store by Target, like Target, concept, like Target a market. One. It's like the Target smaller version yeah, the smaller of Target. Version, yeah. yeah, it only has the good stuff, like ladies' circle. shoes and purses and makeup. There's no men things in it. So Target One. So with Target One, well, they... Well, Shut but, up, Karen. <laughs> at USDA, there was we. They were wanting to bring down the sodium levels, so they put three different targets in, in in a phase. And so, you know, every year we wanted to keep cutting down the target or reducing the amount of sodium. And so, target one. So, is it like target one is the lowest or the highest? It's right now. It's the high. It's the highest. Okay. So, target one, target two, target three, target one. Right now is still the basic. It's the so okay. we're, we're at the same sodium level that we've been for the past several years. Okay. They every year they've been wanting to cut back on sodium, but they keep pushing it off, which is great. So we don't have to worry about that, I believe, until like 2024. And so, that can change. And that, of course, that can change yeah. probably tomorrow. It because, might be something I mean, realistically, different. you're not feeding the kids a lot of sodium. 
it's just not that much anyway. Even without getting to Target 2 or Target 3, I think people get in their heads like, you're going to change the trajectory of a child's diet with this this meal. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about how, what are they eating at night and what are... So I wonder... When they set these, the and I do want to get back to the glossary things, but when they set these um, dietary regulations, are they trying to get you to fix what is happening when they're not even there? In other words, they're going to be having hamburgers at dinner time, um, or you know, some other high fat, high salt, high everything not good diet at night and on the weekends. So feed them. You know, I guess I'm wondering where that's coming from. Is that parent-driven, politics, or both? Or It's more, I think, study-driven, and I think that's the problem. They're looking at studies that say this and that and how much salt that they should have. Uh, American Heart Association Uh is, you know, uh, pretty much supporting to reduce the salt, but you just need to take in consideration how much food actually has salt in it, like cheese, Um, and dairy items, sliced meat, deli meat. So it's, it's hard to be able to pull some of, or even bread and, and pastries. Like some of that stuff, you, if you take away the salt, your, your product, you don't have a product. Yeah. Yep. And salt substitute is bad for other Mm -hmm. dietary. It causes other issues, right? Yes. And that's the same thing where you have people who are, have high blood pressure. They tell you not to use salt substitute. Right. Right. Okay. So I don't want your job. (laughs) Basically don't want your job, but, but back to some of the glossary, I like, uh, offer to serve just means. Oh, so offer versus serve. We say offer OBS. Versus, okay. Um, that just is, gives the child an opportunity to pick whatever they want on the line. It's, okay. We offer it and we serve it to them, but they get to make the choice. And is okay. there a requirement that they need to have at least something on their plate or a couple some things on their plate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So for, for breakfast, we offer three components. We offer fruit, grain, and milk. Okay. Out of those three components, they need to take three items. So they need to take either normally an entree, which mm-hmm. will, if it's a two ounce, say a two ounce grain muffin, that counts as two items. And then they can take a milk and a juice or a fruit. Okay. Okay. So for, for breakfast, it's, it's kind of easy entree with a fruit, juice, or milk. Okay. So they can pick a little bit. Yes. Um, for lunch, we have five components. You have your, your meat, meat alternate. You have your fruits, vegetables, uh, grain, and milk. Out of the five components, they only need to take three. Okay. All right. Gosh. So imagine being a cashier and you have these kids that are just coming in after you and you have to make sure that the their name is matching, their ID, yeah. they have no allergies, and if they do, what is on their plate is to trade to make sure that it, it, they're, they're okay. So um, I really am like, I praise my staff that I see every day where I tell them I am I, you think you don't want my job? I don't want their job. I they, don't want any of those jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I had one kid and I was like, hey, she ate today at school. So, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I did feed her at night too. But yeah, that's, I didn't, okay, again, learning something. I didn't think about that, about them having their, to police, you know? Yes. And, and so on top of, on top of the vet, um, of, the lunch pattern mm-hmm. out of the the five components we offer, they have to take three. One of them has to be a fruit or a vegetable. 
that's one of the struggles that we're, we're coming into right now. I know you were asking some of the struggles that we deal with, and that would be food waste. Um, we having to have a kid take a fruit or a vegetable that they don't want to, you see half of that goes straight into the trash. Yep. Um, it, it's, and it's very hard because that also puts us looking like the food police when mm-hmm. we tell them, uh, you need to have a fruit or a vegetable before I can let you go. And yep. a lot of them don't want it. So, um, we started these fun things called share bins mm-hmm. and, um, we're doing it right now, mainly in our elementaries. And we have them put this big old ice bucket, uh, outside in the cafeteria. And so anyone that does not want that fruit or that vegetable or their milk for that day, they can put it in the share bin and it opens up an opportunity for a kid who needs that extra little, um, milk or, or mm. food that they, they don't have at home or. And they can walk up and just grab it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, that, yes. Amazing. Cause you know, years ago, I, I, um, a long, long, long time ago, a big district here that's often in the news, um, unfairly, uh, their nutrition department, they, they ran a story on them for th- that they were throwing away perfectly good milk and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know what it was, right? It was the kids. The district couldn't pick the milk out of the trash right. and serve it again, you know, um, and the share bin wasn't a thing yet. Um, but the idea that I, I, well, I feel strongly that child nutrition programs get such a bad, 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 um, I guess attacks in different ways from parents or, or, or the media. And I'm glad that you're sharing some of this because you're doing what you are forced to do. You're doing what is required of you by law. You didn't make this stuff up, you know? So anyway, I love that you have the share bins and that um, some kids can run back and get milk and, and, or eat another apple or something. Mm-hmm. Cause they don't know if they're going to eat at home later. Yeah. yeah. Trying to figure out how we can incorporate those in the real world. Like you just show up to a, right. you know, a restaurant and you're like, you know what? I want another half of a salad. I'm going to take this one in the share bin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be great. I want some more chips. There you go. <laughs> thinking about salad, by the way. He was thinking about pizza. Pizza, sure. <laughs> Sorry. But who Justin. throws out pizza? <laughs> I've never seen a piece of pizza in the, in the garbage kit. Yeah. I've never seen a pizza in the yeah. trash. Um, so... That's that's all really interesting. Uh, one of the other questions that we wanted to talk to you about was your thoughts on the evolution of food service um, in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And we see kind of that in real time every day when we meet with school districts about new things that they're trying to implement, coffee programs and mm-hmm. food trucks outside, breakfast in the classrooms and offering way more customization, all that sort of stuff. I didn't know if you had any uh, real world experience or any thoughts on where you'd like to see, or if you could snap your fingers and and make something happen, what that would look like. I, we just now started in our new, we just remodeled one of our high schools and we put in a build your own line. Uh, that is awesome. And I wish that we could do that more out throughout the district because it allows the student to pick between their entree and then they pretty much build the rest of their their tray and they get to put on different items and they get to be more picking and choosing. I think what we need to do in the in the cafeteria is show them what they see out in the real world as well, which is 
everything is customization now. You go to different restaurants and you tell them what you mm-hmm. want and they yep. create it in front of you. And I think that that is today's world. This is how it's all into customization. And um, just to get away from having that standard, this all you're getting is mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, this way you can get mashed potatoes, but you can put different items or some kind of crazy sauce mm-hmm. on your mashed potatoes. So I, I really would like to see it if there's a way, if I could snap my fingers and have the ability to have them customize their trays a little bit more um, and to make a reimbursable meal with not having to always have that big old root or vegetable mm-hmm. serving. I, yeah. I think that we could get a higher participation if we were to and feed more kids and reach out to more people if we could somehow make a different guideline as to what needs to be on that tray to be counted as a reimbursable meal. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the idea, pardon me, of kids, just like we were talking uh, with our last guest about choice in healthcare, Mm -hmm. but choice for kids, um, you guys do a great job of informing them of, uh, you know, health benefits or why something's good or, and, and there's a lot of changes, but for a child to be able to look at all of this and pick what they want, there's going to be a lot less food waste as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, well, I agree with you. I, I just, I feel so, I love our working with our K through 12 customers. You guys, um, are so, appreciative of learning you always want to learn and um i think your job is such a puzzle so um i just get jazz talking to you I yeah i don't like eating healthy but i like that you do <laughs> <laughs> well, I say the same with the kids well, and, uh, one of the things that we try to yes, do i'd be a great tester and that's what I say, we do taste, that's our favorite we love getting taste tests i think that's the best feedback we can get to help make the best improvements um, we can look at numbers all we want and say, look at all many servings that they're yeah. doing of this. But if we don't get the feedback from the kids to say, oh, well, we like that better than what else was being offered. That's why we took it that day. But if you can taste test something with them and get the feedback on this would be really good with something else that you're right. offering. Yeah. It, it just, Or if you make a change to the menu or, or they help you create a recipe, then they get to go back and be like, hey, like remember we helped them out. We voted on this or we created this recipe. So it gives them kind of more of a even a feel that they are contributing as well to the, the cafeteria. I think that's great as, as far as a way to increase uh, participation. And I think so many things with... We talked about healthcare and with um, student nutrition in schools have been the way it's been because it's been the way it's mm-hmm. been for so long. Yeah, that's how and, we've always done it. Yes, and now that everything is being forced to change, that things like getting students feedback as opposed to just dictating to them what they're going to eat, that's really important now is to find out what they like to eat and how to serve that and how to prepare food different ways and use different technology and, and um, have different options as far as you can have the same food but you have that in a in a um, build your own section versus a pre-made section, right. and you know all of a sudden you see your participation is up, or you have that same food that's a breakfast in the classroom route right in the food truck, same food, but it's it's just an experience mm, yes. of students going outside, Definitely and an it's experience. you know yeah, like the kids that are there today, they're going to shape how fast food restaurants and how restaurants are mm-hmm. later on based oh, upon yeah. their experience with you guys. So these kids now are going to shape the way our economy is driven or our food 
economy is driven. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kim, well, for joining you. us. Before we get out of here, we're going to do our fun uh, fire the board rapid fire questions for you. So get ready. These will be the most difficult questions you've ever answered in your entire life. Oh, boy. Considering she has such an easy job. That's right. And no challenges whatsoever. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Question number one. What is your favorite food? Mexican food. Yay. Specifically? Is there a specific dish in there? I am just I, fajitas. I could eat that all day, every day. Never She's get right. sick of them. That she's right. There's just it's, it's so varietal. Food. Like you can do a tortilla, you can make a salad, or just uh, just guac. Any yeah, yeah. <laughs> guac, it's guac. The best. So, um, what are you binge watching right now? Binge watching. I just finished. I'm a Netflix binger. Yeah. I just finished Umbrella Academy. Oh, Is yeah. it good? I was skeptical at first, but it's like a good weird. I, I don't know how to explain it. Okay, but I'm in. I think I'm in. It's, it's good. I okay. liked it. I approve. All right. Beer or wine? Beer. My yes. brother. My bro, My brother's a brewer. So <gasps> I love him. Uh, yes, I love him too. He, yes. he <laughs> he's good. a home brewer, so he make you know, and he's work you know works at a brewery. So he does he live in New Caney? <sighs> he lives up in Chicago, unfortunately. Well, we'll go road but, trip. Uh, we'll try. We can do a road trip, or I'm sure we can come, even come down here. Or I'll have them. What's ship- your brother's name? Ryan. Ryan, come Sh- visit. Ship us the goods. That's right. <laughs> <Goods>. <laughs> Um, what, what, okay. What's your favorite, favorite vacation spot? Anywhere with the beach. I am a beach bum. I like the Mexican sun. Mexican food, beer, my new best friend. I, let's go. Let's plan our next vacation. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so anywhere with the beach, so, yeah, I'm pool, hanging yeah, out. Just the sun outside. <clears throat> uh, the last great meal that you had out at a restaurant. True Lux. True Lux. I haven't been there in a while. Good. Yeah, they're here in Houston. Fan. Yeah. So it's pretty good. All right. Do you remember what you had? That was a. It was. Fajitas. Crab fajitas. Crab fajitas. It was some kind of. I can't remember the actual fish, but it had like a crab, avocado, tomato chutney thing on it. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. There. Uh, that was a drive for you, so it was a good thing. It was good. It was. Yeah, it was a well, long drive. It was well worth a drive too. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, what's the last good book you read? I think it's called Call Him Obe. Ove. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I started reading it. It was off to a slow start, so I'll go back to it because I've heard it, good yeah, things. It's a slow start, but once you get through it, I'm, I teared up a little bit. Yeah, it's and a, there's a movie now. Really? I think it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime something. or something. Well, I'll have to check that out, but yeah. I normally I'll take the book over the movie normally. It gives, gives you more to the yes, imagination. It does, it does. Peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What? song do you listen to but you're embarrassed that you listen to it backstreet boys i want it that way it's just like it's the one that comes i wish we had a listen track right you know just like it's definitely the one where if it comes on in the in the car like i'm gonna belt that out and i'm not afraid if someone sees me (laughs) at tassin if that song comes on are you gonna go like I'm that, gonna look and then at you. we're I'm gonna, gonna stare we're you down and, we're going. and I'm gonna say, "Let's go." And we're dragging Justin. Karaoke. Let's oh, go. brother! <laughs> He's gonna run the other way. I will. He's be like, "Do not play this song." I'm gonna run back over to the fajita bar. <laughs> Here's twenty bucks. Don't play that song. Last question: Who do you think we should have on our podcast next? Ooh, she's gonna say Jason Momoa. 
Oh, yeah. and we, he's already on the list. He is. Yeah. Samoa, Samoa. That's what I always say. I think of Samoa cookies. <laughs> Girl Scouts represent. Um, I'm a big uh, sci fair fan. I was going to say uh, Darren Crawford. He's a lot of fun. Um, Who's Darren Crawford? The director, I believe. Oh, I don't know. Darren, I'm learning a lot. Sci fair. I'm, I'm I don't know if you. I don't know if you do business with him. Or does it have to be more of like a celebrity you're saying? If oh, I no, no. I mean, if, hey, if we well, can get a celebrity. If we can get a celebrity. Well, that's insane. I'm like, wow. But, but you're like a celebrity now. So. Now. Now you are. Yeah, Thanks you are. Thanks you guys. Right. Yeah. And Ryan in Chicago, even. Yeah. yeah. Send us the goods. <laughs> Send us the goods. <laughs> we're not going to, we're not, we're not waiting around. Let's go. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Kim, thank you so much for being on with us, um, taking so much time and, and sharing so much about your story. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Good. Thank Good. you. I'm glad. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. If you have time, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks.